0: So this is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Ben, we talk football. Meat burgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts Finally. here in the driver's seat with you. We're back, Ben. We're back. We're better than ever. Fresh off vacation. I I am. You're not. You're just, you're just the working man. I'm getting that grind in. <laughs> but we're back on the podcast, talking fantasy football. Training camp season's here, uh, which means there's puff, all kinds of puff, clickbait, puff, puff, all puff, kinds puff, of puffies. Puff puff, 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 pass, baby. <laughs> we got coach speak galore. We got a whole bunch of uh I don't know. Do you buy into it, do you not? We got a jam-packed episode today, Ben. Got a lot A jam-packed. A lot to talk
0: about. While you were on vacation, things happened. A lot of things happened.
1: Uh we're going to just hop right into it. We've got a question before we get into all the stories, all the news, all the things. Uh we own shares of both of this player in Dynasty Fantasy Football. And it's it's home uh, league too. We both have
0: shares. Yeah, it's... Which makes it more valuable, in my opinion. It's everywhere. Probably so. Like, it's not a league uh, we don't care about. But we both have,
1: Right. <laughs> we, are, we are very... How do you say? We're very into the leagues in which we've got this very guy, but invested. We both have shares of Kyle Pitts in Dynasty. Uh, they're not tight end premium leagues. I think if it was tight end premium, he's basically untouchable. But... Um, I wonder, Ben... Since we both have shares of him in Dynasty, what would it take for you to move off of Kyle Pitts, or are you going to hold him indefinitely? For reference, I've got a mock trade offer for you. If somebody comes to you, Ben, in your Dynasty League and offers you a 2023 first-round pick, okay. DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> are you taking it?
0: Oh my God, Do you need more? <laughs> no, that, that, that'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it that for will you. We'll do it. For reference, why um, why why are you asking me this? Like that's a even in tight premium, like bye, bye, Kyle. That's
1: <laughs> that's that's another okay, so I wonder what is what is the cutoff for you where where you're moving off of him. Because um I think with Pitts, like he's such an interesting piece because if you've got him you're expecting that for probably a five or six year period he's just i mean he's travis kelsey like he just breaks football and he's giving you like 1300 yards he's basically an elite wide receiver playing tight end um and so you just automatically have a positional advantage that trade offer obviously it's enormous like swift hawkinson a 23 first that's absurd like that, that is so much um but like, what's yeah, the cutoff plain, point that's for plain you? And simple too what much, kind of I'm offer sorry. would it take for you? That's too much. Okay, so uh, what would be an offer that is like that you need to think about it? That is that is kind of on the fringe lines of something where you're like, okay, I could see myself doing this, but maybe I want more. Maybe maybe it's enough. Yeah. Like, what would it take for you as a Pitts owner to move off him?
0: That's so tough because. Gosh, because I I want a tight end to try to replace him. So, like, somebody like TJ Hawkinson has my attention. I definitely do him for that because you're, I mean, you're getting a 23 first, which we've talked about on the show how valuable we think those are. Kyle, or DeAndre Swift is, at least in my opinion, a top three dynasty running back. And TJ Hawkinson, I think, is a top five dynasty tight end. So, like, you can almost rebuild your team from that trade only. Like, I got... 23 firsts, great. And Swift and Hawkinson, like, that's that's insane. But now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I still, like I'm going to need a lot to move him. Essentially, that trade right there is four plus firsts for Pitts. I mean, Swift yeah. is worth two firsts at least. Hawkinson is worth the first, in my opinion, just because of position scarcity. So, All
1: right, I will posture you another one. Somebody comes to you, they'll give you Cole Komet, Jalen Waddell, and an early 23 first. Is that enough to do it for you as a Pitts owner?
0: That's – I think that one's fair. Depending okay. on league format, tight end premium, I think it's, it's a good trade, but I still would probably hang on to Pits, assuming like my team is, is, is just Pits and nobody else. Other in you know regular scoring format, I think I would lean Waddle in the first plus commit maybe, but it's fair, I think. Yeah i
1: I would do the first Swift and Hawkinson. I agree. In a skin, I would in a take second. that trade. It would not be a second for me. I'd have to think about. No, it. No, no, no. I, I said would I would, would take
0: that in a second.
1: You would take that one, oh, and a second? No,
0: in a second.
1: In a second, okay. Without hesitation. I would have to think
0: about Stop it. Stop being stupid.
1: <laughs> I would hesitate, uh, but I would probably do it. You would hesitate on the Swift one? I would. How? Uh, I don't
0: know. And, like, I'm, a, <laughs> I just this think is a Falcons fan. Like, Kyle Pitts is all yeah. I have, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's so much value.
1: Everything... It is. It is. Everything in my bones, everything that I am as a fantasy player says, take that deal. Because you have multiple chances that's, to win the trade. That's two top Hawkinson, five options
0: at their own position, plus a 23 yeah. first.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is. It's excellent. <laughs> I mean, it, that's a, if somebody comes to you with that offer, you just go, okay, well, um, bye. I guess I don't have Pitts anymore, uh, but but he is truly, and we've talked about this not on the podcast, but like Pitts is potentially maybe one of three or four dynasty assets that are like ju- not not impossible to get, but you just have to come with an overwhelming offer to get him. Uh, but I guess I mean that one, Kyle that Pitts, one kind of fits
0: the bill in my opinion. And I love Kopp. He is not worth buying in fantasy football.
1: I would probably agree with you. It's not worth it. Because the amount that you have to pay to get him is obscene, and the production that you get immediately doesn't fit that value. The production, the potential potential is there.
0: The thing is, I don't think it's going to happen this year. But at some point, Kyle Pitts is going to break football, and he's going to break it for like five years in a row. Yeah, but I mean, if you got. Then you need a quarterback first.
1: Like, let's say another mock offer here. Somebody comes to you with Mark Andrews and a 23 first, just that by itself. Mm. I would do that.
0: Just because position scarcity, probably, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but the thing is with that, I think if you're trying to buy pits, you have to come in with another tight end. You've got to come in with a a young RB1, elite RB1, elite wide receiver one, something like that, and probably a 23 first. Um, it's a lot. Because, uh, you know, as in in the uh, in the league where I've got pits, if somebody comes to me with a 23 first waddle and commit, I probably don't do it. Um, but if you gave me like waddle the 23 first and Dallas Goddard, I'd be like, oof.
0: <laughs> I want a, <laughs> I want enough of a tight end to where not having pits is okay. And the other, right. uh, the other players I got from the deal are gonna just put my team ahead of so far ahead of everybody else that it's fine. Yeah.
1: Uh, moving on, we're gonna hop into some news. Big news. Uh, a lot, a lot of it broke over the weekend. We got some people paid. Uh, we got some suspension news. The, the Really, the one that's been hanging over the NFL for the longest. Deshaun Watson, his suspension finally broke. He's going to get six games. Uh, we've got in here the NFL could appeal it. I don't think they will. I don't think so. Um,
0: but, I mean, it sounded but, uh, like they, they were kind of upset about the whole ruling. So, I'm sure they, they, they could were. still do it.
1: Yeah, so what's funny is reading about it prior to the ruling coming down, the, the league was not going to back off of... 12 games at minimum and wanted a full season. But what's really funny is they obviously hired this arbitrator, uh, Sue Robinson, and she gives a six game ruling. And so now the NFL can appeal it, but they're appealing an arbiter that they appointed. So like Roger Goodell goes and finds Sue Robinson says, Hey, give me a ruling on this case. And then if he doesn't like the ruling, it's kind of his own fault because he appointed her. Like it would just look really stupid. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past Roger Cadell to do it. Uh, but I guess six games seems like it's pretty much that's that's gonna be what it's gonna be.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, and you I think they like people knew what was gonna happen sort of before it happened. Like the NFL Players Association, they came out like before the ruling and said they were gonna like they were okay with whatever she was gonna hand out, which means like they knew, before the ruling happened like he wasn't getting the full year. Right. Yeah,
1: it, it definitely seemed that way. Um with Deshaun in a redraft do you have any interest in
0: him? Depends.
1: Depends on what.
0: Like I would you'd have to have another quarterback, but I would take him like say you need to get somebody maybe a Derek Carr. Somebody or Kirk Cousins, somebody like that, for the first six weeks, and have that be your starter, yeah. and then a couple rounds later, take the Sean.
1: I still think I saw, and it's probably changed now that we know the ruling. But prior to the ruling over the weekend, I saw his ADP had him going in like the twelfth or thirteenth round, um, and that that is. I have to imagine that comes up. Yeah, I would. I could see him coming up to like the tenth, maybe. And if he's in the tenth round, that's that's in a weird spot where like, I don't really want to take him in the tenth round, but like, but you could he's get a top, be a top five? five quarterback when he comes. Yeah, I mean he's he's really
0: over good. those li- <laughs> from week seven on. He could be a top five scorer.
1: Yeah, in dynasty leagues, I know
0: in dynasty, I have his been hesitant to buy him in dynasty. Pretty much, more okay. or less.
1: So. So I've been hesitant to buy him in Dynasty um, just because, like, if he got suspended a full year, like, you don't want to buy a premium player and then literally not be able to use him for a full season. Um, but with six games, are you – like, is he just – is he valued for you as a top five Dynasty QB? I think a lot of places have him at, like, QB 10, QB 12, and places like that. I'd probably the value obviously come up at least up, six but.
0: or seven probably.
1: I would probably have him like QB five, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, like what's really funny is i just to play around with it today, I popped in a couple of trade calculators just to see if their value for Deshaun has come up yet. And it hasn't. And what I found was that I was having to basically substitute Lamar Jackson for Deshaun Watson to get a, like a comparable value for what I would need to uh, trade to get him in those calculators which I felt was really funny um but yeah I I, I would think he's he's like QB5 QB6 now in Dynasty
0: he's, he's right there with Joe Burrow
1: DK Metcalf got himself a massive extension he got a three year 72 million dollar deal uh he remains in Seattle which is I guess it's not ideal but
0: I wish he was with someone else
1: yeah, it's really interesting because they probably have a chance to get a really good quarterback next year in the draft. But, and and even still, they could get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, that's a possibility. But it's right now, it's Geno Smith. Geno is his quarterback. That's the best case scenario. If Drew Locke starts, run for the hills. Um, but Geno's the guy. He had a couple good games with him last year. But it's still not, like, I'm not excited for DK uh, in redraft at all. in Dynasty, I mean, he is
0: still... His value just stayed exactly where it was since Russell left. Yeah. He's got his money, which, honestly, if anything, it hurts it, because now he's stuck in Seattle. There was hope that he could leave otherwise. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, he's... In Dynasty, like, where... Because he's such an elite talent... He's still top 10. But he's. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> but, like, I'm not excited
0: about it at all. But, I mean, we've seen him. Granted, it was inconsistent here and there. But we've seen him perform with other quarterbacks like Geno Smith. I think he had, like, four or five touchdowns under Geno Smith, something like that.
1: Yeah, he is. He's a touchdown hog. He's. I mean, he's still going to be really good, probably is a top 24 receiver, still with Geno. But he's too inconsistent. Then just hope that he's going to
0: be too inconsistent to take with high draft capital.
1: Right. Right. hes I mean, he might be a lot like what Terry McLaurin was. Like, Terry would finish wide receiver 18 uh, and, and he'll give you 20 or 5. And I think that that is kind of going to be the DK Metcalf experience this coming year.
0: Which sucks, but this is where we're at. This is where we're
1: at. Uh, Debo Samuel also got Debo. himself a big extension. He basically got the same deal: three years, seventy-one million dollars for him, uh, with more incentives. Yeah, I mean, though. what's really funny? More incentives? Yeah, you've got in here. He's got uh, six six hundred fifty thousand dollars in incentives if he gets three hundred eighty rushing yards this year. <laughs> they said, or in a
0: season. You, you don't want to be a running back, but we'll pay you nicely if you are.
1: Right. Which is honestly really funny. Um, I, I saw, uh, so, okay, of the receivers that got paid, a bunch of receivers got paid this offseason. Debo, that whole 2019
0: class got their money.
1: Yeah. A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin all essentially got the exact same deal. Um,
0: They're all talented. I think what was really funny pretty is much the same player.
1: Pretty much. Uh, A.J. Brown obviously got traded to get his money, which is hilarious. But all these other guys, they all got the exact same deal. Um, I feel like Debo, Debo is overpaid, but like you kind of have to pay him. Who you gonna it's, get it's this better? It's a weird, right? Uh, it's sort of like the the quarterback conundrum. Like he is an elite player. You've got to pay him
0: like he's an elite player, but he's probably
1: not worth seventy one million dollars.
0: I. Can kind of see both sides of it. I mean, he had a, f- a phenomenal season last year, so he did earn to get paid. But is it a one-year wonder? He's having a quarterback switch. You know, he's hasn't been healthy for most of his career. So, yeah, I could. I I I am a, I am in agreement with you. Like, I think he's being overpaid. But that's what you're going to have to pay him to keep him.
1: Yeah, and. They they sort of had, they they kind of made their bed and then had to lie in it with him. So they were obviously not going to trade him. They had to make the move. They've got a quarterback now who's cheap. Jimmy Garoppolo is about to come off the books, so they can they really can't afford to do it, uh, and and still pay all their guys. They got to set aside a cash cow for um, Nick Bosa next year. But Oof, it's expensive. it's sort of where they're at, uh, and they kind of just had to bite the bullet and do it. All right, let's hop into some training camp storylines. It's the fun part of the year. we got all the coach speak, all the jargon. Can you buy into it? A lot of garbage. Uh, But uh, I guess hopping into that, now that we know the the Deshaun Watson situation, the Browns offensive pieces, they're interesting in varying levels. We've heard a lot about uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones coming out of camp, which – You know, really, like, I don't know if you buy into that now that you get 11 games of Deshaun Watson. Where do you land with all these guys, including DPJ, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, so on and so forth? Where are you at with these guys?
0: So I think it boosts – it definitely boosts the pass catchers. I think Cooper has to come up in your rankings. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones has to come up. I don't know how much because, I mean, I don't trust him. But he has to come up some because your quarterback situation just improved. Um, and David Njoku has to come up, especially since he just got that huge deal anyway. I think Chubb and Hunt are two of the more interesting things. However, I'm still taking them right where I was taking them in draft, so that makes sense. like I think it makes them a lot safer, for sure, especially because like we were kind of expecting Deshaun not to play, so they kind of settled in a good spot. To where we knew they are going to get volume, but it's not going to be that efficient. I still wouldn't reach that much up on them. But, you know, touchdown efficiency could go up for Chubb after week you know, week seven when Deshaun comes back, and Kareem Hunt probably gets the biggest boost after week seven because of his receiving game.
1: Yeah, I could see Chubb kind of getting into like 15-plus touchdown range. Um Kareem Hunt probably less touchdown upside but will obviously get targets. Yeah. Um like Kareem Hunt is really interesting because he doesn't score as many rushing touchdowns uh but he scores enough that he offsets it with receiving touchdowns. So like he could give you 10 touchdowns but it might be like 5 rushing, 5 receiving yeah. sort of thing.
0: Um that's why I'm still very I'm still taking way. them right where you were taking them, but I think they're much safer. And you can depend on them more in the back half of the season when you're going to need them. Right.
1: Amari Cooper definitely jumps up a bunch. He was going to be left for dead if it was going to be yeah, all... Yeah, if Deshaun uh, wasn't playing Jacobi this year, I'm that. done
0: with him pretty much everywhere.
1: Right. Uh, but Amari Cooper now, I think, is pretty interesting. Um, are there any other Browns guys we need to talk about? Or does that kind of cover
0: all the Browns pieces? I mean, you got... Oh, uh... David Bell, you could take another, pay attention to him.
1: Yeah, you could take a flyer on him. I'm really interested in him in um, Dynasty, in rookie drafts. I think he goes to like the second round still in rookie drafts, so like mid-second round, I'm pretty
0: excited about David Bell, but year one, he might not do a whole lot. Yeah. Of the pass catchers, like obviously Cooper, we prefer him in the second. I would honestly, I think David Joku is two and then yeah. you're taking up yeah. i mean late 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 flyer on Donovan Peoples-Jones or David Bell.
1: Yeah, David and Joku will be fascinating because like the upside is going to be there where he's a freak athlete at the position We've seen so him pop off he before. could surprise a lot of people. Right. He hasn't been able to string it together for a full season quite yet the way we would like. But like he's going to have the ability to stretch the field at the tight end position to be interesting in the red zone um the overall scoring opportunities for the offense go up yeah i think uh david and joke is a pretty interesting kind of in that like irv smith sort of tier where you know he's probably being drafted as like you know the tight end 14 15 16 but you know he might end up finishing like tight end 7 8 something like that
0: yeah i could see that
1: Zach Moss is apparently trending towards having a role in the Bills' offense. (laughs) (laughs) After he was, um, wasn't he a healthy scratch like
0: all of last season? So, if you're trending towards having a role, does that mean currently he has no role in the offense? I would say so. It's not like you're trending towards, you know, like it'd be different if they were saying like he's trending towards being the RB2 in the offense or... Trending towards having a big season or a breakout season. No, he's trending towards having a role at all. You may get Which a couple carries this year. Right.
1: Yeah, he... He he might do absolutely nothing. You He'll can be drop Zach Moss, irrelevant. guys. Yeah, he's, you can he's drop not going to
0: do anything. If he's trending towards having a role, he will not have a role.
1: <laughs> no. Zach, Zach Moss is nothing. It is... It's Devin Singletary. I think will be somewhat interesting. I think but Singletary will, be capped, will James Cook probably be, be
0: the RB one in that offense. Cook will have it'll it'll yeah, be closer probably. to a fifty fifty split, but I think he'll ha- he he will be the RB one and he'll have value.
1: Yeah, and I think James Cook will end up lining up in the slot a lot as a receiver. They're saying like he. So I could totally his, see his
0: receiving has been excellent in training camp for what that again it's training camp so take it for what that's worth but we kind of knew he was good at that so
1: yeah I Zach Moss is nothing
0: he's dead (laughs) he is dead to me
1: Um, Paris Campbell apparently (sighs) looks like he's locked in to be the Colts wide receiver too you talking Uh, about the Zach Moss of
0: wide receivers (laughs) don't do it to him No, I did not buy it. Next question. Yeah, I would. I would. I, mean, uh, I think it's Alexander Pierce is probably the wide receiver too.
1: You mean Alec Pierce?
0: Yeah, or Alec Pierce, whatever his name is. Alec Pierce, <laughs> Alexander Pierce. <laughs> um, and then the same thing.
1: is not Alexander Pierce like the character from uh, the Tourist with uh, Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp? I have not seen that movie. You're quoting one of the main characters, so I it sounds like you've seen it. You should just own it.
0: You're, you just cut your face off,
1: turn yourself into another person, and you're Alexander Pierce.
0: I'm confused. Okay, I have homework, apparently. Watch the tourist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon Ayuk supposedly could be the biggest benefactor with Trey Lance at quarterback. Or he could be useless. <laughs> or he could be in the doghouse again. Uh, I Again, these beat reporters are, I guess, is it just like a, a known thing that beat reporters just talk up their team, their guys, and then um, they all come oh, yeah. together once the season ends, and they're like, oh, that was garbage, that was garbage, that was garbage. Like... Uh, I, Nobody is going to know. Look at all the idiots I fooled. (laughs) Maybe it was that uh, reporter that uh, Javon Kinlaw, like, cussed out on FaceTime or on Skype or whatever it was. Did you ever see that? No, I never saw that. There was a reporter that brought Javon Kinlaw onto his... Oh, it was on his podcast. That's what it was. And Javon Kinlaw, like... He's a DN for the 49ers. I know who he is. He, he played at South cussed, Carolina.
0: Dude was amazing.
1: That's right. Yeah. He just cussed the dude out like 37 different ways on his own podcast cuz apparently he disrespected him somehow. Uh, That's a big it really dude to me that. It was super cringy. Yeah, it's
0: you don't want to make that guy That's that. a big dude.
1: Anyways, um I don't I like as far as wide receivers in the 49ers offense, or I guess pass catchers cuz George Kittle and Debo Samuel are the one A one B options in that offense. Ayuk comes in as a clear third, but he's still going to be interesting because, like, it depends on how much they use Debo in the running game. Because Brandon Ayuk was really good down the stretch last year, but it was also coinciding with the stretch where Debo Samuel was getting like 10, 11 carries a game um, and like you know four targets. So. I, I don't know. I don't think
0: I'd buy into it, if I'm totally honest. No, I, I wouldn't. And it's not that Brandon I's not bad. Like, we've seen him good. He's a good player. But I'm not – outside of – I don't trust Trey Lance to support a ton of weapons right now. We know he's got a big arm, so I could have a roll down the field. That could be interesting, but I, I just don't trust him right now. So the third option – with two amazing players ahead of him I don't see him being the big, biggest benefactor
1: Robert Woods according to a Titans beat reporter is practicing without a knee brace which is wild um that's crazy he what what week last year did he tear his ACL was I want to say it was uh, like week
0: 7 or 8 it was mid mid to late season when it happened that's wild
1: yeah, and he's he's not a young spring chicken. He's he is he's thirty. That's crazy. Yeah, so he's he's practicing without a knee brace. Um there's been some interesting coinciding reports about the rookie that the Titans drafted, Traylon Burks. Um it's kind of varied because in uh in mandatory minicamp and then OTAs and stuff like that. All the press about Burks was terrible. Like it was, he can't get on the field, he's got asthma, he's out of shape, yada, yada, yada. And then in training camp now, in the first couple of days, he's been cooking the Titans DBs. So you kind of have to figure out which part you buy into. That begs the question, is Robert Woods going to be the wide receiver one for the Titans, or is it going to be Traylon Burks? Which side of that fence do you land on?
0: Both. Is that... (laughs) <laughs> it's wrong to say both. I'm gonna play this super. No, I don't political. think so. No, I think Burks is obviously he's the more talented player. He's a rookie, so he's gonna give it being consistent, but he's gonna give you the bigger games. He's gonna his booms are gonna be big. Robert Woods is gonna be much safer. I think. I guess technically he he'll he probably be the wide receiver one, just because he's the more experienced guy. Tannehill's probably gonna trust him more. But he's not going to ever explode like Burks is going to explode. So, yeah,
1: you know AJ Brown never really got a ton of targets. I think his most was probably like 110 or something like that. As the undisputed wide receiver, one in the offense, do you think that either one of those guys could crest that 100 target threshold, or are they both going to be like really interesting but only get like 90 targets or something like
0: that? Probably. I think they're both really interesting. I could see. I mean, I don't think it's just stretched for both of them to get a hundred, assuming Robert Woods is healthy and good to go week one. Because there's not really great options, and there's not going to be a ton of volume there. I don't. I don't know. I don't see many of yeah, them getting it's, it's, more than a hundred, but I could see both of them getting close to it.
1: I guess you just had to figure out what percentage target share do you think they'll get? Because they're really only probably going to throw like 450 times. And if you look at that, like a 25% target share is only like 115, 120 targets.
0: And a guy not to Uh, um, underestimate that offense too is Austin Hooper, the tight end. And we've known the Titans to love to throw to the tight ends. And Austin Hooper has had really, really good seasons with the Falcons. Right. Didn't do much with Cleveland though. Kind of disappeared for a little bit. Well, his quarterback was Baker.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball with a little zip, a little pop to it. He's a little heavier. Coming into camp, he's weighing about 230. He played last year at about 210. These are some
0: of those stories that you just just kind of like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I wasn't somebody, worried about
0: Lamar to begin with, like more velocity and him weighing a little more, like, oh, all right. All right.
1: <laughs> somebody literally left camp and said, all right, what are we going to write about? Uh, let's see here: Lamar Jackson, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Lamar Jackson threw the ball really fast.
0: Yeah, he he throws it. How hard. do you how do you he's know a, how do you know it was faster? I mean, he he's an NFL quarterback. He's already throwing it pretty hard. Right. I, does that mean he
1: threw it further? Or does that mean that there was steam coming off it when it hit his receiver's hands? What does
0: what does that mean? Rashad Bateman is dead. Oh, he's got a he hole in. Caved his chest in. <laughs> Have you? It's it's kind of like um. You ever seen that? It, it was a long time ago. It was a commercial with Michael Vick, and he was like throwing to his it was wide, his wide receivers, and like they would catch the ball and like fly ten yards back.
1: Yeah, I remember you've that. seen that. that. It was one of those like NFL play commercials or whatever yeah. it was. I
0: mean, it was funny, and like at the end of the video, he like throws the football just out of the stadium completely, and it looked real. And we're like, holy crap! Is he actually doing that? That's essentially what Lamar was doing. uh yeah so puff puff pass on that one huh yeah that's that's fun to fun to joke about but it's not really a story Lamar's gonna be fine this does not affect him his ADP anything
1: Mike Jasicki will supposedly block more in Mike McDaniel's offense I think I will buy into this This one. this one one sounds a little concerning plausible it is so here's the thing um George Kittle Obviously, an elite tight end. Um, probably a better real-life tight end than he is a fantasy tight end. Like him and Travis Kelsey, probably in the actual NFL, similar in that uh, in in terms of value. Because George Kittle is an elite blocker as a tight end. He's also an elite receiver. Maybe true,
0: every day. Um,
1: right. Mike Jasicki is just a receiver. Yeah, <laughs> he has. He has no reputation thus far in his career as a blocker. Hasn't done it very much. And when he's done it, he hasn't been very good at it. Um, but in Mike McDaniel's offense, which I would assume is going to be some form of a West Coast uh, stretch running sort of offense, Jasicki will need to block. And, I mean, that makes total sense. Him or Derm Smythe, the backup tight end, they're going to be blocking. Um, I think he'll still have opportunities to catch the ball, but he's – He's going to have to earn his snaps by blocking.
0: Yeah, this one this one concerns me a little bit because if he's not a great blocker and McDaniels comes from the 49ers, so he needs a blocking tight end, his snaps are going to go down more than likely. And it's not like he's going to have a massive target share when he's on the field because he's got to deal with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who both are looking to have... I mean, the... The lion's share of the targets in that offense so yeah that's this one's not good
1: yeah um, another story that is definitely not good uh, center for the Buccaneers Ryan Jensen seemed to tear up his knee in practice I think it was yesterday
0: I know they've already uh, said he's out a, this a few months at least but I mean I don't know if he he might be out for the season
1: yeah, it, it might be something like an ACL. I don't think it's come out the results of the MRI. Um, I saw. I think I saw they were waiting. I saw for something today the
0: that they said he's out minimum of like three months, but maybe more. Sheesh.
1: Okay, so maybe maybe it's not a torn ACL, but it might be you know MCL, meniscus, something like that, or uh, he's gonna more I mean, of a, like a
0: best case scenario. He's still missing probably a month or two. Of the actual season which is you know that's that's very significant for the centerpiece of your offense is your center kind of thing like he holds everything together
1: yeah you don't say uh but it's not just jensen either it's that they replaced both of their guards in free agency um ali marpet and uh what was the other guy's name alex kappa is that who it was that went to the the Bengals? Um, So they basically are out. their three interior starting offensive linemen from a year ago. And I think Jensen, that one is going to hurt much more than the other two. Like the other two were good good offensive linemen, but Jensen is an all-pro offensive lineman. That one's going to sting. They've obviously got good tackles, but that interior is going to be iffy. I wonder, though, how much it affects the entire offense. Like does it affect – their downfield passing game uh, is Tom Brady going to be a little bit more uncomfortable in the pocket? I don't know.
0: I mean, it's gonna they're gonna have to make adjustments, but this is nothing that Brady can't handle. I don't think. No, he's the goat. And they're I mean, I've seen reports that Chris Godwin is working his way back in. May not be ready for Week One, but I, I mean, he's trending in the right direction. They signed Julio Jones. He's Allegedly doing great in training camp. Plus Mike Evans. I mean, they're they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know if you saw this or not, but this really does make me laugh out loud. Um, Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers coach, said that they're going to alternate in training camp uh, between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield getting snaps with the ones, (laughs) and that they've got a true quarterback competition. Even though Ben. It would seem to anybody with a brain that Baker Mayfield is the presumptive starter here. Like he cannot be worse than Sam Darnold, right?
0: That's 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 not hard to. It's not hard to be better than Sam Darnold. However, have not. you seen the videos that are coming out from the Carolina training have, camp? No, I have, I hadn't seen. Oh anything. gosh, they said Baker looks terrible. Really? Like, I've seen some... I've watched some of the throws he's made. Like, he's under-throwing... Like, he's throwing interceptions on, like, wide open wide receivers, and he's just under-throwing them by, like, 10 yards. I mean, it's ugly.
1: Yeesh. Do you think that that is a puff piece, then? Or is that, like... A little bit?
0: I mean, I still think Baker will end up being the starter because... Yeah, he's, he's better than Sam Darnold. But some of the videos I've seen, Baker does not look very good right now. He is rusty. Yikes.
1: I mean, he hadn't played in a while. He's coming off of that labrum surgery. Uh, Granted, it wasn't his throwing arm, so I I don't know. I I feel like it's just assumed Baker's the guy because Sam Darnold is so awful at uh, NFL football.
0: Yeah. I mean... Garner was okay to start last year until McCaffrey got hurt. And then he... Oof. But, I don't know. Yeah, it's rough. I don't feel Closing bad Closing things the out.
1: Th- no, they are... Uh, well, you hate the Panthers. I mean, you loathe them. Yeah, so there's not, that. Not a team I enjoy. Um, we're going to wrap things up with... A couple players that we have sliding down our rankings. We found it's really easy to find players that are climbing our rankings at this point in the season. Usually that coincides with a whole lot of really positive puff pieces in training camp. But there's a couple guys that I think are potentially, I don't know, not like busts, but... They might be getting a little bit overdrafted. They got based they got some hype earlier
0: in the off and now as things are proceeding, it's gotten it's gotten worse for them.
1: Right. So the first one is Russell Gage. Um, he was really interesting earlier on in the off season. Then they signed Julio Jones. Can we? Then Chris back. T- can, can we take a second to be coming back to
0: say how much I hate. The Falcons, ex Falcons wide receivers, right now. Like you don't. <laughs> they all you don't went to division rivals. You don't go to the Bucks, okay? Like that's just is common courtesy. Like Julio, I, I have a Julio jersey hanging above my head right now. I might burn. Like, <laughs> You're you not gonna burn. You don't it. go to the Bucks. Come on. There's zero chance you burn that jersey. You don't. You don't go to the Bucks. I'm going to get Kyle Pitts' jersey up there.
1: What's really funny is uh, Julio might come back and play Atlanta and just give them a 200-burger.
0: No, he's going to do the same thing he did last year. He'll play two games this year. Because <laughs> of all those hammies? He'll play two games and be out. He'll end up cutting him.
1: That's, that's very possible. You deserve but, it,
0: Julio. That's what you get.
1: <laughs> For the meantime, Russell Gage, I think, is probably the biggest loser of that acquisition
0: Plus, he went Chris from Godwin, potentially wide receiver two in that offense back. to now, like, he may be the four or five.
1: Honestly, yeah. They also added Kyle Rudolph, a tight end who's not great, but like, he's he's had he's good He's probably seasons. better than Cameron Bright. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been good in the past, but he's kind of old and washed now. Um, I don't know. I feel like Julio's probably not going to be amazing, but he's probably like a wide receiver three, four, maybe. Um, Mike Evans dips a little bit, but I think Russell Gage is kind of the real loser here, and he was creeping up draft boards. Like people were considering him as a value, where you know you're getting him for like a wide receiver, a late wide receiver three price, and hoping for a wide receiver two production earlier on in the season, and that that ship probably has sailed at this point.
0: Yeah, of course, like I said, it's still not out of the question where he could be. Good to start just with the injury concerns you got Chris Godwin may start week one but he may not he could still miss like six six or seven games like we don't we just don't know they say he, he looks good he's trending well but there's still a lot of concern and then I mean we were all excited for Julio when he went to the Titans and he never did anything yeah he
1: kind of sucked at the Titans Uh, won't, won't lie to you um, final one this one is really interesting. I think we've got some differences this is, of opinion here. a little controversial. Tra- Travis Etienne. Um, Alright, make the argument, Ben, why he should not change draft position despite news that James Robinson appears to be ahead of schedule, dare I say it, from his Achilles injury. Um, loved by the coaching staff over there. We know Travis Etienne's really good, but is he going in like the third round, I think is where he's going right now. Is that, are you okay with that? Um, does any of that news kind of make you a little bit nervous about him? Where, where are you at with all this?
0: Yeah, I think we've talked about it, and I talked about it on a pre- an ep- couple episodes ago, where I think the third round draft capital is too high to be taking him. But I don't think he's slipping too much for me. Even with James Robinson ahead of schedule, I think ETN is still going to be the RB1. He's an incredible prospect, incredible talent, excellent wide receiver. The value he's going to give you from the receiving game is going to be awesome. And, look, it's I like I like James Robinson a lot. I, I love his story. I mean, he's been just the waiver wire wonder. You picked him up. He was... RB5 is rookie season. He was great last year till he got hurt. And obviously he's he's very good. The offense loves him. They love to give him volume. I think you, you had put in here that Doug Peterson said he preferred him as the RB1. But just Yeah. I don't I don't know how much he's going to really hurt ETN coming off the Achilles. Like like we've said we're going to learn a lot about the Achilles this year. Cam Akers Looked okay coming off of his, but he never really produced, and that was with I mean, the Rams and the playoffs, he didn't produce that well. So I don't think James Robinson I don't really expect anything out of him, much for fantasy. He he wasn't an incredible talent to start off with. Now he's he's obviously he's really good, but he was not anywhere close to the level Cam Akers was. And we still have right. a lot of questions about him coming off his Achilles. It's just, it's hard for him, me to see him just destroying Travis Etienne, even coming back healthy.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not so much worried. I guess here's where my worries are. I'm not really worried about Etienne per se. I think I'm just worried about his draft price because I still think that he's going to be the running back to own in the backfield. I don't think James Robinson is going to be all that valuable. Um, But we put up a carousel on uh, Instagram where the main point of it was just to kind of shed some light on the fact that perhaps James Robinson may not be valuable at all and still vulture enough touches away from Travis Etienne to where he's, Going to finish lower than his ADP price, like he's going third round. So what is that like RB fifteen ish? That's too high. Um, I've got him tra-
0: more closer to 19, 18 or nineteen.
1: And that's I'm more in that range. Like I'm probably like I think I've got him at like RB twenty two or something like that. So you know, a, a, just a little bit lower. Um, and James Robinson's in the forties for me. Um, but I do think that if James Robinson comes back and gets 175 carries like he doesn't necessarily need to be the workhorse running back one for the offense but like he could get 175 carries and then etn gets 150 but then also gets 70 targets and like he can still produce a lot of fantasy value while not getting a ton of carries we've seen alvin kamara do it a a lot and i think travis etn profiles that way but I'm worried that because the offense is so bad, he's not going to get scoring opportunities the way you would like. Yeah, and he's probably not going to get as much rushing work as you would like. I could be wrong, but I j- I'm just concerned. If Robinson I guess, steals I would say.
0: two touchdowns in a bad offense. Like that's a that's a big blow.
1: That's a lot. Um, and we already know that Doug Peterson loves James Robinson. So you know, my 175 projection like that could be low like they might just say all right James Robinson you get 200 carries and i think if that happens etm would just have to make up so much in the passing game and with scoring that i, I don't know like it it just it seems like it's going to be difficult for him to produce and exceed his adp
0: yeah I, and i guess that's fair um just 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 from the pure perspective of how the offense is going to be like if j rob can come back and, and hurt him at all. Like, I mean, just a few carries here and there can be a big deal when you're only scoring 17 points a week, whereas Cam Akers can be inefficient, but he plays for the Rams, so they're going to be in the red zone all the time. Right.
1: It's, it's a little bit different because Cam Akers, I mean, he could be inefficient but score 12 touchdowns, and then it sort of
0: offsets. If James and, Robinson uh, comes ETN in, may not even if that. he rushed for 300 yards this year and three touchdowns, that – I mean, ETN may only may have only been set to score eight touchdowns to begin with, and now you dropped that to five. So, yeah, I reckon I could. I'll I'll, I'll give a little bit for you here.
1: Fair enough. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week when we're. What are we doing next, we doing next week?
0: week? Do we know what are we
1: doing next? We don't we know.
0: We we, <laughs> we, we shoot know. from the hip here at the Fantasy Brothers. We have a fun time
1: doing it. If you enjoy the episode. Uh, check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. Got a whole bunch of good, fantastic content over there. It's it's um, okay content. It's, We actually don't want you to follow us there. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. We don't need it. We have too many. We have too many? We have too many followers. We don't need any. <laughs> get, get, get out of here with your follows, man. We don't want them. Get out. <laughs> That'll do it. We'll see you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at Fantasy Brothers underscore or on Twitter at FantasyBros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash
0: Fantasy Brothers.